Hey, everybody. He's George. She's Wheezy. I'm Flo. No, wait, that ain't it. She's Helen. He's Tom. I'm Bentley. No, we may be moving on up. But this ain't the Jeffersons. This is Vikings Report. Drew it dead. Drew, how are you? <laughs> I love our intros, man. I don't know. Was I going to sing tonight? Nah, I won't sing tonight. No? No. Uh, well, we're moving on up. Moving on up. To the east side. <laughs> Tunes, how are you this evening? I'm okay, but I don't think the Vikings are moving on up anywhere after last week. <laughs> Remember the fish don't burn in the kitchen or something, Ted? How's it going? For the, for, for the Vikings, I think the fish are still frying in the kitchen, and the beans are, in fact, burning on the grill after two preseason games. We're at episode 30, and you know what that means? What's that? I'm better than you are. <laughs> how's it going, Ted? Let's light this candle. Let's do it. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, welcome to episode 30, everybody. we got a big show tonight. Before we get to Drew's Over Under, a programming note. Starting next week, throughout the rest of the football season, our show will now be airing 24 hours earlier, Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time. As we move to our regular season mode, we want to get our pregame stuff out before the actual game, give you enough time to look at it, digest it, call us idiots, whatever it is you want to do. Freaking idiot. (sighs) But Friday, 10 a.m. Central, starting next week through the rest of the season, is when you can start finding Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. It's Friday. You ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Drew, what is our over-under for this week? No more Saturdays. That's good. That's kind no. of sad. No, Bye-bye Saturday. It'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah, that's right. How are you doing, Ted Glover, before we get started? If I was any better, I'd be against the law, man. <clears throat> this week's over-under. We are on question eight. I don't need to go over the rules anymore because if you're not playing at this point, you're probably not going to win. A lot of people will continue with their entries. We're on question eight. The way you enter this game, this contest we have, I will ask a question. And underneath in the comments below, you will answer either over or under. The only way to qualify for this contest for the question is to answer on this show. No Facebook, no Twitter. You can't submit your answer anywhere else. And you have till next, you have till Wednesday. Today's Saturday, 15 days away from Vikings football. 15. We have three questions left, and somebody at the end of the season, when all the stats are tallied up, somebody will win a $100 gift certificate to NFL.com. How's that sound for a prize, Ted Glover? That's a pretty cool prize. We, we at Vikings Report, we like to give back. And that's not the only – we have a lot of prizes during the season, so stay tuned for many, many giveaways. It's like a carny sideshow, except you actually do win stuff, and you don't have to pay anything. <laughs> It's what's awesome. The, what's the worst carnival game? The worst carnival game. It's got to be that um, plastic ring on the Coke bottle. Yes, that, because they on. bounce. Oh, yeah, they bounce everywhere. I think yeah, there's they, only been three in history that ever made that in 80 years. <laughs> or the basketball, you know, like the shoot the baskets one, because the basket is like a 
the actual basket itself is like a third smaller than a regular basket. And always lopsided. That yes. thing is always tilted to one way or the other. <laughs> and it's always 14 feet in the air. Can we make yeah. it 10 feet? Okay, yeah. where are we going? Question eight. Over, under. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Tonight we have our first team question, Ted. First team and, question. And it goes for the Vikings defense. Total interceptions for the Vikings defense for the 2021 regular season. Will it be over or under? 16 and a half. Basically one a game. Last year, I don't even think they had 16 last year, did they? They had 15 last year. They had 15 last year. Now, as as is our disclaimer every week, friends and family of Vikings Report Drew and Ted LLC, or whatever we are, <laughs> we are not eligible to win any prizes. So we are free to guess at our will. I'm going to go over. I think the Vikings secondary is a little bit better. You've got Bashad Breeland, Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go over on that. I'm going to go over. I, too, am going to go over on that uh, number, but I think it's a fair number. Should be able to generate lots of action on both sides, whether it's over or under. Get your over, under, below in, and we will move on to question eight. All right. Big week in, uh, in, in Vikings world. Before we get to our review of the Colts game, because we didn't do a live postgame show, Lots of Vikings news hit the press today, just a couple hours before we went on. The biggest one is a veteran defensive end and longtime Viking who spent last year with Dallas and Detroit, Everson Griffin, has re-signed with the Vikings. He is coming back. We've got a whole bunch of other moves, but let's just talk about Griff first and foremost, because it's obviously the biggest biggest story of the day what are your thoughts on everson griffin the more i study it ted the more i like break down all the the positives that could be related to this signing i'm kind of happy about it because you know he's lot the locker room presence is one thing he's a big locker room guy and he has a lot of friends on this team i know he's not the sack daddy of 2014 to 2017 the guy that generated 43 and a half sacks in that time i know he's not that player but he is a sack specialist. And if you look at last year, his numbers weren't shoddy. He played seven games with Dallas, seven for Detroit. Only started two of, of, of 14, but he still had, what, 23 quarterback pressures, six sacks. He, his numbers weren't were terrible. So I think if he's probably going to be a situational guy, I don't know what you think about that, maybe a third down pass rusher. I think he indicated today he's going to be a situational guy. He had a welcome back home press conference thing, and, and he indicated he was going to be a situational guy. And I'm okay with that. In the short term, I think it's a good move for the Vikings. Long term, two, three, four years down the road, he's, he obviously isn't going to be here. I think that could potentially stunt the growth of some of the younger developing guys, one of which we'll talk about in a second because that directly affected what happened to this player. But do I think – Signing Everson Griffin, who probably still has more left in the tank than like Stephen Weatherly or maybe even DJ Wanham at this point is a bad move for this year. No, I don't. He was Ted, he was a part-time player last year and he had six sacks with Twiddle at our team. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you put Everson Griffin, Griffin's numbers on the Vikings last year. He overtakes Vikings legend Yannick Ngakwe for the team lead in sacks <laughs> last year. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. Yannick, I spent six weeks with the Vikings in Gakwe. And Gakwe left us at the hotel and said he was going to get ice and never came back. <laughs> Come back. So the top two guys in sacks were, were Griffin and Ngakwe. Yeah. 
Yeah, basically. I think I think another guy that's got to be happy about it has to be uh, Hunter on the other side. He's an incredible teammate. You know, he brings the the oomph. Yeah, I mean they have good camaraderie playing together, good team chemistry. Those guys have sacked a lot of quarterbacks together. I don't know. I know he's not the guy he used to be, but who is anymore? Well, I, I like to think I am. I'm not. <laughs> I ain't as good as I once was. I got a few years on me now. All right, the Griffin signing triggered a couple of other moves, and the Vikings they had to get down to 80 players by 3 p.m. We're recording on Monday by tomorrow, but they, they managed to get all that done today. So let me go over the list of players that were released. Warren Jackson, Dylan Mabin, quarterback Danny Etling, Christian Ellis, Jordan Scott, who was waived injured, Cam Smith, who was put on the reserve retired list, which we, we knew about a few days ago. And the one big kind of surprising move, which was a direct ripple effect of the Griffin signing, is Janarius Robinson, rookie defensive end, was put on injured reserve. So I didn't even know he was hurt. So I'm just going to say he had a torn Everson Griffin. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, Which is causing him to be put on the injured reserve. I think all they're doing is they're stashing him on the roster for the year, because I truly believe that if they have tried to wave and put Janarius Robinson back on the 50 or on the practice squad after they got cut down to 53, he wouldn't have made it through waivers. Exactly what they're doing. He would get scooped up because I don't think they want to lose either him or Patrick Jones. That's their future at DE right there. So yeah, whatever, whatever it takes to protect him from somebody else grabbing him. Yeah. So you talk about, well, injured reserve eligible to return. No, that's, that's not the case. They would have had to, once they put him on injured reserve, prior to him making the final 53-man roster, that IR eligible to return is not an option. So he is done for the year, Janarius Robinson. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> but when you take all those moves, that still left, means they have one spot left open, and they signed running back Judge Lance Ito Smith, running back formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. And the famous dancing Ito clan from back in the Tonight Show and the O.J. Simpson trial days. Anyways, Ito Smith, running back, formerly of the Falcons, now on the Vikings. Do you think this has anything to do with Kane Wang Chung Wang Wu's injury, knee injury? Never missed a game at Iowa State. Played 38 straight games. This guy's durable. Comes to the Vikings. Hurt already, man. I mean, come on. Lena. There's no such thing as uh, gypsy curses. Who are you trying to convince me or yourself? Yeah, it's exactly what it means. It shocked me when I saw it. I'm going, we need a running back? Seems like we got a lot of those guys. Yeah. Whenever you hear Viking injury is minor, it's not minor. If Mike Zimmer says it's just a tweak for a player, it could be anywhere from a sprained ankle to uh, (laughs) death. Oh, my God. They killed Kenny. So as long as as Wangu does like an interview and we know he's not dead, it's it's a plus thing at this point. I was hoping to see that guy in the preseason. Come on, man. Get healthy. 
He had like what one kick return and then he went out with the knee injury and that was yeah. It. It's like then we're gonna start the season. He's gonna be buried on the depth chart. So it's like you're not helping yourself getting out there. But I guess you can't help it with an injury. So that's the Vikings roster news. That's pretty much it for Vikings news on Saturday. The Vikings played a very uninspired 12-10 loss to the Indianapolis Colts in U.S. Bank Stadium. Now, real quick, let's run back to last week's episode. Drew, at, right when we were getting ready to talk about the game, you said something to the effect, you know, hey, I, it kind of, I had the, that game left a, left a bad taste in my mouth, but we're going to see the starters, get a whole new look. Let's wait and get the starters out there against Indy. It could be a whole new look for the Vikings. Yeah. And we could just, we could sweep week one under the rug, but I'm telling you that the things that happened in that game was not the way you want to start. Did you feel that way watching the first team offense? and the first-team defense play last week? I think overall they played better, but it still was a very empty performance. I don't know what's going on. with. I hope they're hiding everything because there isn't really much going on. I think we're just, again, we're just trying to get through that game. You don't look at the score. The score doesn't matter. The defense played a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have these giant, horrible bonehead plays, but uh, the linebacker position is what you can mostly be impressed by. At least I was watching this game with Surratt and Troy Dye. So you had asked me a question about Clint Kubiak. I got a question about Clint Kubiak. I have lots of questions. What, what, is, what is your question, Clint, K. with the K, K, son of Gary? You know, we break all this stuff down, Ted. We break down all these draft guys. When you look at something really obvious to me, you have all these offensive weapons. Kirk Cousins is above average quarterback. May not be elite, but he's above average. There's a lot of guys yes. worse than him. Thielen, Jefferson. Irv Smith Jr., who would be a star if the Vikings would use him more. We all know what Cook Cook's one of the top two running backs in the league, if not the best. All these weapons on offense. And the guy calling the plays has never done it. Isn't that chancy to you? The guy's never been a coordinator. and We have all these weapons, and then the guy running, it's never done it. It is. And something struck me as funny in, in the Mike Zimmer post-game press conference. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown? I amuse you? I make you laugh? You know what, Ted? <laughs> he said the Vikings offense is a work in progress. And after all the guys you just rattled off, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Thielen and Jefferson, all top half guys at, at their respective positions in the NFL, I would argue. Why is the offense a work in progress? It should be, <laughs> it should be fine-tuning at this point. That should be the unit of the team that you're less worried about. Yeah, most worried about is the offense. I don't know what that means. I don't know whether he means work in progress in terms of play calling and scheme. I don't know. I mean, when you look at the game on on Saturday, the first team offense, their first drive, they went three and out, but they would have gotten a first down had there not been a penalty. Their second drive, they did. They did go three and out. And I think their third and final drive, they were actually starting to put something together. And then uh, Rashad Hill gave up a really bad sack to your Michigan boy, Quiddy Pay, that put the Vikings at like second and 18. And then the Vikings went for the jugular and threw a dump off pass and lost two yards. You just took one in the jugular, man. <laughs> jugular? <laughs> Whatever. So I would agree that it was better, but it still left a lot to be desired. And I just don't understand the, the work in progress comment. I mean, it showed... It, it absolutely showed on, on Saturday, but it, it shouldn't be that way with right. this many key veterans this far into training camp. Well, let me ask you a question. 
Hey, hey, let me ask you something. Clint Kubiak, Ted. Mm-hmm. Was he the best guy for this job, or was he just the most convenient? Was he the guy that Zimmer could bring in that would just be the yes man and do what he wants and sit on the 17 to 13 third quarter leads and try to milk it out and have the defense win the game? Like we all know, it's kind of like his strategy for coaching. He doesn't really doesn't really like to be really aggressive is the word. And Clint, no matter how you look at it, you're going to learn the strategies of your father. So he has to have a lot of Gary. Gary Kubiak's a yeah. conservative coach. He likes to run the ball. He's a lot like Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Do you think Clint Kubiak will say, screw it, I'm my own person, and I'm going to do it my way? Uh, for the first part, it, it remains to be seen if Kubiak is going to be nothing but a yes man. I think part of his hiring was, I, I hate to say it, but I think part of it was nepotism. But it was also familiarity because sure. he had been, what, the quarterback's coach last year. He knows the offense. They didn't have to bring in a new guy and change the offense around and, and, and whatever. My big concern is play calling, like, like you mentioned. And if he isn't a yes man and just sort of does his own I don't want to say his own thing, but passes more or passes when Mike Zimmer wants to run. It'll be interesting to see what happens if that occurs, because I don't know that a guy with no previous experience as an offensive coordinator can stand up to the head coach with the amount of experience Mike Zimmer has in the NFL and say, just shut up and let me do it my way. Gary Kubiak could, if he wanted to, because Gary Kubiak was head coach, won a Super Bowl had some very productive offenses and he had a very productive offense last year. I don't think Clint Kubiak has that experience to be able to do that. If Mike Zimmer tries to bully him for lack of a better word. And if you hire outside of the company, you're going to get a guy that wants his experience is going to come into one end and might want to butt heads with you a little more. Yes. My point is if that's the reason you're doing it, you're not getting the best guy for the job. Everything's hidden right now. Don't let me, let let me get that right. Everything could be hidden. It's preseason. Zimmer could have said, here's your 100-page playbook. You get two pages out of it, which is kind of what it looks like. So everything could be hidden. We could start week one, and Clint Kubiak could be Ingve Malmsteen and put up 50 and have 550 yards. Well, I would argue if you're going to have a guy that has no offensive coordinator experience, but does have NFL coaching experience, this would be the offense to do it in because he's got a veteran quarterback who's a good player with really good receivers and a top two or three running back in the NFL. So if Clint Kubiak understands these players, and I I think he does because he's been on the staff for a couple of years now, I think he kind of has a feel for what they are capable of and what they can do. And I agree that they've held their cards very close to the chest up to this point. And that's fine. I'm not going to get worried about any of this until like maybe week one or week two. And, and if they come out with the 36 runs to 25 passes and they, they lose, you know, 14 to six or whatever, again, and the offense can't score in the red zone, then, then maybe I'll have some issues, but right now I'm going to hold off on judging Clint Kubiak for the time being. And I'm with you on that. I will say if Kirk cousins gets hurt, they're not going to be able to be aggressive because if you watch Jake Browning or Kellen Mond, I don't know that quarterback two is on the roster. Do you? No. At this point, I wouldn't. I would go find somebody. Remember the, the Halcyon days <laughs> just a couple weeks ago when all the quarterbacks were sick and it was the Jake Browning show? And yeah. He was going to become the next future Hall of 
Famer, Jake. Remember Lee. that one, that he Saturday so night well. practice? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jake. Jake just impressed everybody. All the posts yeah. that were coming in on Facebook. All that goodwill is gone. And for Browning, to me, it seems there's, for, for every step forward he takes, and he, he made a couple of good throws. He had that two-minute drive, I think, to end the first half. Made a couple decent throws there. But he takes two steps back. I think his first pass he went back to attempt. He just had absolutely zero pocket awareness and got sacked. He missed Chad Beebe, who was who was wide open down about the 10-yard line when the Vikings were trying to put together another drive. He seems hesitant. He just doesn't seem to be in command of, of the offense when he's back there. And I don't know what the Vikings are going to do with their backup quarterback spot. If I gave you $500 to bet, and you had out of 32 teams in the National Football League with the starting quarterbacks, and you had to put $500 on one quarterback to play every regular season game, who would you put your money on? Do you mind if I join you? Not at all. I like to live dangerously. I also like to live dangerously. Kirk Cousins. That's right. He's a very durable guy. Hasn't missed a start due to injury since he's been in the league, I believe. He probably is the best quarterback the last eight years at being yeah. games played and being durable. So we do have that. That is an advantage the Vikings have. So not to say that quarterback number two isn't important, but that lessens the worry when you have a guy like Cousins. You're pretty sure yeah. he's going to play the whole season. Let me ask you this then. Before we get to Kellen Mond, do you think the Vikings are going to go with two quarterbacks on the roster or th- six? <laughs> oh, remember, remember George Jefferson used to call Franklin Cover Honky? <laughs> you want to borrow my hanky? No, I never borrow a hanky from a honky. <laughs> <laughs> Two, Cousins. I think Mon's going to be on the practice squad. Mon's not. If they play Mon, they're going to ruin him. If they release Kellen Mon and try and put him back on the practice squad, He's not going to make it through waivers. That's true. That's true. So he's probably going to, they're probably going to go with three on the roster, right? I would almost think so. I mean, because Kellen Mond didn't really look any better. Now we, we, we agree that Brownstein isn't the good number two. No, but we also I, just I said that Kirk, Kirk stays healthy. Is yes. it worth going out and get the Bortles or something to fill that number two spot to fill a roster spot, knowing that Kirk is yeah, 98% going to make it through the whole regular season. You're not really going to worry about it, or do you just leave it like it is? I'm looking at available quarterbacks right now. Who, RG3? Alex Smith is on e- on Team ESPN. Robert Griffin III <laughs> is on Team CBS Sports. Yeah, Blake Bortles is it. Like, as far as any quarterbacks with any type of experience at all. Now, there could be a, a, a post-53 man cut-down signing by some there's going to be quarterbacks and players to get released that we, we kind of don't expect and don't see so that could be an option but yeah right now i don't think jake browning is the guy as as quarterback too he's gonna to get cut how come practice squad guys aren't protected i don't get how does that work none of them are protected you put a guy in the practice squad somebody can yeah if they pilfer him the heat they have to go to the uh active roster of the team that signed him. So, yeah we don't want to have a chance of losing Mond. We still like we might have might be sitting on a gold gold nugget right there. So uh, I think Mond will be like quarterback three and probably inactive every week, barring you know quarterback two or or Kirk Cousins gets hurt during the season. But I, I think they're gonna have three quarterbacks. I don't think Jake Browning is going to be the the backup though. I think somebody else is if nobody out there is available who's better than Browning 
That coupled with the fact that Cousins never gets hurt, wouldn't you, you're probably just going to say, all right, Browning, you're going to get the job knowing he's not going to play. Yeah, they, they might do that. I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So quarterbacks. So before we move to the defense, we'll talk Kellen Mond, a quarterback three who came in and he played uh, pretty much the whole second half in Saturday's game. First off, uncanny resemblance to Dave Winfield, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> he, he, he does. <laughs> he has a, and if he has a career a quarter of what Winfield had, we're going to be sitting good with that. I knew Minnesota was going to be on the board. And, you know, definitely whenever I got the call, it was definitely an exciting moment. Probably one of the best feelings I've ever had. So I'm definitely excited and I can't wait to get up to Minnesota. We always talk about, I think, uh, experience being the best teacher. And uh, whether that's highs and lows or, you know, having experience playing off the field. But, you know, I feel like one of my biggest growths is just my experience off the field and just being able to, be my biggest self-critic and just pretty much be self-aware of, you know, certain things that I need to work on. And um, I feel like that just comes from, you know, my dad's military background and kind of how I was raised. So um, I feel like that's something that's always huge. And, you know, just I'm super eager to come in and learn a new playbook. I'm excited for something new. Um, and, you know, I was just excited. <laughs> Can't wait to get up to Minnesota. He looks like a rookie, Ted. I don't know how yeah. else to put it. I mean, I'm glad he's had so many snaps in the first game against Denver and then this one, this one last week. But he seemed to be struggling a little bit more mentally with things this in this past game. And he did some good things, but everything that stands out was everything that stood out on the, the draft report. And the, the thing that's really concerning about Kellen Mond, and I was really never a big Kellen Mond fan watching him play at Texas A&M because I thought he was too streaky of a player. And I'm not just talking about the last season. He's been playing there. He's very experienced. Two really good quarters. And then the third quarter falls apart. And yeah. Inconsistency is a real pet peeve of mine when I'm doing any kind of draft research. So the, the thing that is about Kellen Mond that's very interesting is his experience. You know, the most plays in SEC history, Ted, of any player in history since 1936. Nobody it's had more, more plays than Kellen Mond. 1,796. Number six all-time at SEC in total yards with 11,270. Number nine in the SEC all-time in completions and attempts. 46 games at Texas A&M. 71 career touchdown passes, which ranks 20th all-time in the SEC. All that being said, bunch of experience. For me, he should be better. Of all those 1,000, however many plays he had in the SEC, how many snaps did he take under center? I bet you could count them on one, maybe two hands. He doesn't have any experience with that. You you say, well, he's got to get under center and he's got to do this, he's got to do that. But does he, though? I mean, if, if you know of what a guy's strengths are, and this is kind of the thing that has frustrated me about the Viking staff, is they do this square peg into round hole theory with players. Well, I suggest you gentlemen invent a way to put a square peg in a round hole. This is a square. Can you guess which spot that goes the in? The square. That's right. It goes in the square hole. Yes. You're going to come in and you're going to play the offense we want you to play regardless of what your skill set is. And Kellen Mond's skill set, I think, is a pretty dynamic one if you put him in a scheme that will allow him to succeed. And that is, you know, kind of the shotgun with run pass option. You can still do play action with the run pass option with Dalvin Cook. I think it would still be effective. Again, I get it's preseason. They've got to get him used to taking snaps under center. You can't take every snap in the shotgun. I Maybe you could, but I, I don't know. But the Vikings would never do that because that is way far too radical. And that is not in 1987 <laughs> where the Viking mentality resides. You, you bring up a great point right now, what you're getting at. It reminds me of, of 
Trubisky over the weekend, completely shredded, did great. Yeah. Everybody in everybody in Chicago saying you didn't use him right. So it's like because they're letting him just do whatever he wants, like you just said. Yeah, with Mond, let Mond be the quarterback he is. No, I see what you're saying. That's a great point, dude. So if it comes to the point in the year where Kellen Mond has to play, I, I think we're both in agreement that he shouldn't play this year. He should sit and learn and study. But I, I he, think so. But if he does, I, I would hope the Vikings can understand what he can do, and I, I think he can be a very good player in, in this league using the skills that got him to the NFL. But I think if you try and make him an over center, you know, five or seven step drop guy, you're wasting a lot of what he can do, which is look at the field from, you know, from a shotgun perspective, maybe process information a little bit quicker and then make the, make the decision to pass the ball or find a lane and run and get some yards. I, I don't know. We'll see. One of his strong points that I see on tape is his short to intermediate game. Really decisive passing. He throws it on a laser. He's really good in those areas. His short passing game, and he seems really confident. Even when the uh, pocket is decaying around him, he has the ability to sidestep and still make plays. And one thing I will say about Kellen Mond, he may be only reading half the field, and his process thought process is too slow right now. He needs to pick up the pace, or he's going to get washed out, and he's not going to make it. We all know that. The one thing he is is tough as nails. I'm telling you. <laughs> No, he got sacked like 13 times one time, but he always bounced back up and he's always willing to run, put his nose right back in there and play. He is a competitor. He is a tough competitor. And I love that in a quarterback, his toughness. And unlike that Orlovsky guy at ESPN, that guy said every quarterback should play. That's wrong. Every quarterback's different. <laughs> Zach Wilson can come in and play. Justin Fields is a different level than Kellen Mond. If you throw Kellen Mond, it's not the same. Orlovsky's wrong. And he also ran out of the back of the end zone when Jared Allen was chasing him. Here comes Jared Allen, and he's out of bounds. How much are we going to believe Orlovsky? He's probably never going to watch his show now. But there are some things I like about him, and I agree with you. Let him just be who he is. Look, I, I think the other stuff will come with time and practice. But if, if it comes to a point where he has to be pressed into service early, I, I oh. would hope that Clint Kubiak can look at what he can do and maybe develop a, a game plan around him and Dalvin Cook and, you know, whatever Kellen Mond is good at at that point. And, then, and again, but now that goes back to, can Clint Kubiak do that? He's never been an offensive coordinator before, yada, 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 all that stuff we've, we've previously discussed. All right, enough about the offense. Let's go back to what I would argue the, the unit on the Vikings that should be the work in progress, but really didn't look like it was the Minnesota Vikings defense. They played most of their starters. I didn't see Patrick Peterson out there, but Mac Alexander was out there. I think Xavier Woods played. Bashad Breland looked very legit good on Saturday. What are your thoughts overall on the Minnesota Vikings defense? The starters were back in there this week, for, even though it was only a limited time. I, I thought the linebacking core and Breland, I thought the corners played well. They didn't look as lost this week, but uh, this defense is going to be tested. They were so bad last year. I expect them to be better, but I think they'll be fine once they get some time together. You mentioned the linebackers. Nick Vigil, I think it was the very first play of the game. He got beat on a route, but I'll tell you what, he recovered and made a heck of a play and it ended up with a pass breakup, which I not not real impressive getting beat, but really impressive athletically getting back, get back on the receiver. Get your head turned around, make a play, and and not give up a, a, a big play on the first play of the game. I, I think that kind of set the tone. The Vikings defense went three and out. I thought the defensive line looked phenomenal with uh, 
Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce uh, in the middle. It's going to be better with all these new people because it can't be any worse than last year. Dude, Pierce is I, a hog, isn't he? Oh, he's a he's a he's a big old boy. What about Surratt? Dude, he was looking like Urlacher. On some he of those he plays. looked. He made some good plays. He got beat on a on a couple short uh, crossing pass routes, but but you mentioned the thing when I was watching Surratt. You mentioned how instinctive he is as a player. I was looking for that, and that really showed out on watching the game. You're absolutely right, man. He he kind of knows, kind of instinctively where the ball's going to be and and where he needs to be to make a play. And I, I thought he played very well on Saturday. I, you know, even if Anthony Barr is hurt and he's got this injury that's lingers and if it is an injury, if it's a personal problem, nobody really is saying what's right. going on with Barr. So if it's a personal problem, man, I, look, get it, get it worked out. You got to, you got to take your care of your personal life. That's all that stuff comes before football. But if it's an injury and it lingers, think Nick Vigil and guys like Surratt are going to be able to come in and, and play Blake Lynch. Yeah. I thought looked pretty good as well. I mean, the Vikings linebacker core looks right now significantly better than it did this time last year. I Ted, we might be looking back three years from now and saying Surratt was a steal in this draft. Yeah. He's that good. And I keep harping on this. He's still learning the position. That guy's a football player, man. Yeah. And he could end up being really, really, really good player for this team. One thing, and look, this is just kind of, this isn't on the notes, but it's going off tangent a little bit. I hate hate these single numbers for like cornerbacks and all that. Oh. Like some, some dude cornerbacks were number five. Toots has mentioned Maven. Sheldon Richardson. Toots is all. Yeah. Is he nine? I'm going, we're, we're no, number he's nine. not number nine. He's not like, what is Jim McMahon and Tommy Kramer doing on the defensive line? <laughs> Stop it. This is stupid. Yeah. Don't, don't, go don't. back to the regular numbers, man. Just like go what? back. Yeah, you're not, you're not 19 anymore, man. We're, we're, <laughs> Whatever. All my dreams fell apart about 19, Ted. Get off my lawn. You know, when I was younger, I was going to be Fran Tarkenden when I was eight years old. Then guess who I was going to be when I got older? Um, Don Knotts from (laughs) Barney Fife. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Oh, that's it! I wanted to be... (laughs) Barney Fife because he got all the chick. No, I was going to be <laughs> seriously though. I was going to be Snake Plissken. Really? I, I had the patch. And I had the black sleeveless shirt. <laughs> I drew. I told my mom I'm going to be Snake Plissken, and she says, "Are you on that weed stuff?" And I said, "No, really, I'm going to be Snake Plissken," and that's what I really wanted to be. And then all my dreams got shut down. Sorry, man. <laughs> Look where you are now. Is there many cooler people than Snake Plissken? Come on. Not, not very many. No. Not- Call me Snake. We heard of you too, Plissken. Call me Snake. That's not funny, Pliskin. Call me Snake. <laughs> not, I mean, if you're going to pick a person to be, you could pick a lot worse than Snake Pliskin. We'll just, we'll just put that out there. Flies around on that glider, lands wherever yeah. he wants, saves people in New York, and then goes home and takes a bath with Goldie Hawn. Can't be a bad life. Can't complain. All right, so that kind of puts a, puts a bow on the Colts game. Real quick, it's the last preseason game. We're doing our preview. But by the time you watch this, the game will already be over. So were we profits or were we stupid? You let us know. Let's predict the final right now and see how close we get. Okay. I'm going to go 13-12 Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go Vikings 22, 
Chiefs, 14. Will the Vikings offense score a touchdown in the preseason? Ted, Vikings have had a team like 60 years. They have never had a preseason where they didn't score an offensive touchdown. They cannot have that blemish on there. You have to get an offensive touchdown this week. So I'm going to say yes, because we can't go, you know, not the preseason really matters, but you don't want to go through the whole preseason without one offensive touchdown, do you? No, you don't. All right. So we both think the Vikings are going to win. They will get revenge for Super Bowl four. <laughs> I love it. I hope on the goal line, all Zimmer does is get 65 toss power trap. 65 toss power trap. Look, Kasaki running around. Fire drill. So, with the last preseason game, I want you to give me one offensive player and one defensive player that you think is on the bubble and who you're particularly looking at and whether or not they're going to make the final 53 man roster. Oh, man. I haven't even looked. I haven't even preempted look at that. I'm just glad that Maven guy's gone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm looking at at Zach Davidson, tight end. He's. Oh, yeah. Two opportunities to make a catch, and he hasn't. He's dropped both opportunities. Come on, unicorn! I mean, he must have used up all his his magical hands during the mini camp with the <laughs> with the nineteen twenties throwback helmet. I don't know. Let me ask you this: Who's going to make the roster? Blake Brandle, Dakota Dozier, neither or both? Dozier's going to make it because he's Teflon Gotti, and Brandle's going to make it because he's going to. Out of the game last night against Kansas City, he, he played really well again, and uh, he they will both make it. I think Randall makes it, and I think they're going to finally, our long national nightmare will be over, and they're going to cut Dakota Dozier. That would be fantastic if they cut that guy. Look at us, hoping for joy in someone else's misery. Well, I had That's to face terrible. a lot of misery, too, and Mom said I couldn't be <laughs> Snake Plissken, too. So we all got to live and learn, Ted. So then, all right, for defense then, now, let's, instead of roster bubble, let's do this. Okay. Now that Everson Griffin has signed, that probably means one of the defensive ends we thought would make, and Janarius Robinson going on IR, that probably means one of the defensive ends we kind of anticipated making the 53-man roster will not. So who do you think is, is going to uh, get called by the Turk to turn in his playbook? It's either going to be Willikis or Holmes. And I hope it's Holmes because we have a $20 bet. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Jalen Holmes as well. I don't think he's shown enough in this preseason to to warrant any dramatic type improvement. And I just think he's just kind of still treading water from where he was last year. Yeah, I, I think. Willick has had that sack, Ted. He, he had did. it. He yeah, just, he did. He got shifted to one side or he would have had that sack. It was a beautiful move. But that's the speed we've always talked about with Kenny Willickis, wasn't it? And and Willickis, you know, I mean, at, at this point, Jalen Holmes – is sort of a known quantity. I mean, he sure. he is who he is. And Willikis was on injury reserve all last year, so he didn't really get to show what he could do. And I, I think he's shown more this preseason than, than Jalen Holmes has. The only thing Holmes has in his corner, I think, right now, is that he's a veteran. And if the Vikings decide they want more experience, they could go with him. But I, I just don't see him making the final 53 now. I agree. You're bringing it tonight. You do a hell of a job every week, Ted. You do a hell of a job. Well, thanks. All right. So that pretty much wraps up the game. Pretty much wraps up our game preview. We'll take a quick commercial break and we will come back and I will kick Drew's ass in trivia. Vikings will win 13 to 12. (laughs) 
Big showing by the offense. Big showing. Big 13 points, Ted. Put a Jefferson's display in Planet Hollywood. Oh, sorry, pal. You stopped moving on up in the 70s. Take him to the cleaners, Wheezy. <laughs> That's crisp, baby. You <laughs> like sushi. These TV stars are getting kind of pushy. The sun is getting hotter. Oh, look, it's up some water. What's this crazy thing with Jiggle? It's a strictly water wiggle. What you doing, you're a giggle. Water wiggle. Crazy water wiggle. You can't tell what he'll do. You think you're chasing him. It's really chasing him. What you doing? Water Wiggle Water Toy. Your parents attach it to any garden hose. From Wabo. We're back. What if I had started talking this right there? Dude, this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> Scared to talk. You blame her. <laughs> <laughs> what are we playing today, Tootsis? Welcome to Tootsis Trivia. How you guys doing? Hi, Tootsis. Hello. Hello, Drew. You can talk now. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing, Tootsis? Good. Princess, today my we're... girl. All right. Today we're going to play Password, and you guys are going to collaborate once again. Let's see if you can get 20. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, so Drew, you are going to give the clues first. The category is Kansas City Chiefs, and you will try to get Ted to say seven words or phrases related to the Chiefs. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Uh, where do they play, the Chiefs? Arrowhead Stadium. A quarterback, used to be for the Niners, ended his career there. Joe Montana. Tight end, Hall of Famer, greatest ever. Oh, Tony Gonzalez. Yes. Uh, defensive end. Died in a car wreck. One of the greatest defensive ends I've ever seen play. Derek Thomas. Correct. We came to win the game. You play to win the game. Oh, um, um. Coach there. He was Herb, head coach there. Uh, he said Arizona State. Now pass. Go to the next one. I'll come back. Uh, where do they play? What, what, uh, AFC league are they West. AFC right. West. Right. Traded, this guy was traded to the Vikings in 2019. Last name is the same as Tootie from Backs of Life. And the and the Ohio State quarterback who went to the Bears. Fields. Um, First uh, name. Fields. Right. Right. First name is Hamill. Uh, Mark. Mark Fields. Got it. And the last one was uh, play to win the game. Herm Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get it? Yes, you got it. Yes. Well, we're moving on up. Moving, moving on, on up to the side. Good job, Ted Glover. Kick Took a whole lot of trying, but we got up that hill, baby. Not a lot. <laughs> now it's Ted's turn to deliver the clues. He has the same category, Kansas City Chiefs, seven clues, and your time starts now. Defensive end, played for the Vikings, going to go to the Hall of Fame, but he was with the Chiefs. Jared Allen. There you go. Uh, he was a quarterback for the Chiefs. He was also quarterback for the St. Louis Steve Rams. Bono. No, he broke his leg, and Kurt Warner took over for the Trent Rams. Green. There you go. Uh, he was a running back. His first name is synonymous with... A reverend or minister was with the best fantasy football back back in the in the Chris late Holmes. Night. There Chris you Holmes. go. 
Uh, he was the former head coach, also coached for the Browns and the Chargers, one of the greatest coaches. That Marty Schottenheimer. There you go. Uh, he was just on the Vikings last year, cornerback, 2019 first-round pick, traded to Kansas City in the offseason. Mike Hughes. There you go. Uh, running back started with the Raiders, um, finished with the with the Chiefs. Um, Marcus Allen. There you go. And this guy was – he's the quarterback for the Chiefs, was the NAF uh, – was um, – um, won a major award. He's the quarterback cor- last year. What, what, Brad, what, Brad Mahomes. what award did he win? MVP. There you go. Good job. You got yes. him off. Yes. 14, baby. 14. You guys are killing it this time. Back to Drew with delivering the clues. This time the category is the Jeffersons. All right, you have seven clues, and your time starts now. George's wife. Louise. Wheezy. Yeah. Place they live, not Kings. Queens. Right. Another part Another part of New York. There was a singing band in the 70s. Last name was Transfer. First name Manhattan. was... Manhattan. Right. Who played Mr. Jefferson? Sherman Hemsley. Correct. Who played the maid? What was it? No, what was the maid's name? Uh, Flo. Right. Who's the Who's the famous son of... Lionel. No, the famous son of... Of the actress, pass. pass. The last one is the name you just said. Um, their their son. Their Lionel. son. Lionel. Right. Back to the other one. He. She. Uh. I want to get away. I want to fly away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. I know the song. I don't know. I want. Don't, the don't, son don't. of Roxy Roker. Oh. Oh. Um. Oh God. What's the guy's name? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I. I know it, but I can't think of it. Oh. It's Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. I knew it! I knew it was Lenny Kravitz! Uh, what happened to my picture? We had it, though. We got six out of seven. All right, so you guys already have 20 points going into this last round. Last time we played this, Ted, we got 14. Yeah. All right, Ted, your turn with your seven clues start now. This was George Jefferson's business. Cleaner. Dry cleaner. Um, The Jeffersons was a, a spinoff from what show originally? All the family. There you go. Uh... Louise's character, the, the the name of the actress that played Louise was who? Oh my God! Well, pass. What year was what year was the the first season the Jeffersons was on? 1975. Close. Uh, this was the show's creator. He also created All in the Family. Norman Lear. There you go. Um, this is the name of the actress that played Flo. Florence Johnston was her name. Her name her, in the re- her first name was also the first name of one of Donald Trump's. Wives, last name Maples. Marla, Marla Gibbs. There you go. Okay. Uh, th- this was their married neighbor. Um, uh, Tom and... Uh, Willis, Willis, Tom yes, Willis. Yes, Tom right. and Helen. Uh, and then the, the name of the actress who played Louise. Oh, Isabel Sanford. There you go, yes. Yeah. Boom. Good job. Woo. Woo. We did a sculpture, Ted. <laughs> oh. Thank you guys very much for playing. We'll see you next week. Who did Lenny Kravitz pour the coals to? Lisa Bonet, whose last name is wildly appropriate based off of this question. (laughs) Thank you, Toonsis. Another great trivia segment. All right, that'll wrap up uh, episode 30. The next time you see us, we will be showing up on Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time, not Saturday. Don't forget. Uh, Don't forget now. 
we're going to move to our, our full regular season format minus the game preview. And then we'll do the game preview the following week with week one when the Vikings go to Riverfront to play the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Anyways, uh, thanks, Drew, uh, for, for making me laugh and a great show and a great co-host. I always have a bunch of fun. Nice burping. Appreciate that. Thanks, Tootsies, for the editing. Thanks, Liz, for the editing. Thanks for everybody who watches, everybody that subscribed, everybody that comments. Don't forget your over-under. Um, we only got two left after this one, or one left. But we've only got a couple left. We're running down to the nitty-gritty. Wednesday, noon central time to get your comment in. We'll try and do better the next time. Drew, take us home. That about covered it all. Hell of a job, Ted. Hell of a job tonight. You always do a hell of a job. Thank you for being the best host in the business. Tootsies, thank you for all the effort you put into the show. Thank you to everybody out there who's gotten to these. We are at 30 episodes, been with us every week, and you always support the show. I a list in front of me. I'm really thankful that everybody does that. Keep liking, keep subscribing. We'll keep trying to make a better show. We always try to do better the next time. You know that. Uh, thank you to the Jeffersons for doing our show tonight. And uh, 15 days, and you can enjoy a real Viking game. So that's about all I got for tonight. So. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. That's what that means.